Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Especially for you, it is the Luke and Pete Show. I'm Pete Donaldson, joined by Luke Moore. This is the show with the sweetest beans. Sweetest beans. Luke, um, I didn't know this because I probably wasn't aware as a youngster. But because Stock Aitken Waterman's uh, record company was like an indie, like right. you'd find like really shit pop music on like the indie charts and stuff. Oh, they were a complete. They absolutely indie. destroyed the indie uh, charts because they'd obviously they'd always be uh, on top of the indie right. charts back That's in the day Apparently, because they were technically an indie. I didn't know they were indie. Yeah, I, I know that uh, they sold millions and millions and millions of records and made loads of money. But that mm. makes sense because listen, if it's the indie chart, mm. it's an independent company. It's is what it is. There should be an independent podcast chart. <laughs> I think they we, should. We, I think we they should be too. We still won't be on it. I think. They, <laughs> um, I think they should be too. Um, they. Uh, they. Because I was talking, I was talking, I was reading about um, a company called Devolver Digital, uh, a company that uh, releases uh, indie games. So, you know, indie developers, small little kind of mom and pop shops make the video games and they're released, uh, marketed through this uh, sort of parent company, Devolver. Um, and by virtue of the fact that they release through that, uh, a lot of these games are put on like the, in- whenever there's like a, um, a video game show, they're the ones that kind of win the indie, the indie games, right? That, you know, what I mean? so, so they're allowed to be entered in the indie things. Even though Devolver, I think, last week uh, went public for like one billion pounds. <laughs> wow! Like, because so they've obviously so what's got your a cut lot. Off? What's, what's your, your cut off? So uh, what makes an indie? Is it just a company that hasn't existed for longer than twenty years? I don't know how it works. It's got to have. Um, no, it's got to have Ian Brown in it. <laughs> yeah, Brown. Yeah. Where there's nunchuckers, yeah, yeah. yeah. flinging uh, them around. It's a good question because I do think not that anyone really cares about the podcasting industry who listens to podcasts. They just mm. want to listen to shows, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does. It is disheartening when you know you see things completely like award ceremonies, charts, everything just mm. completely dominated by the BBC, BBC. or the other big companies. You know, it's yeah. like Guardian. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point of this? You know. What is the point? What's the point of any Where's of this? Where's the point? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and think, what was the point of any of this? Yeah. To be quite Mostly frank. your own ones. <laughs> what, um, Pete, can you just confirm to me, have you, oh. are you currently in possession of the sweetest beans? Um, they're, they're relatively sweet. They've, yeah. um, they've got a slight, um, you know, like... A bitterness? If you fall asleep uh, on a sofa and like your, your moccasins are just by your head, and you accidentally roll over and you get a bit in your mouth. It's happened to me once. How, which, and and it tastes like slippers? sweet but spicy at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I accidentally I accidentally licked the bottom of my moccasin when I was lying down on a when? sofa a few weeks ago. Right. Um, and it tasted sweet, but it also tasted spicy. And I thought, that's going to make me ill. Right. <laughs> that's what idiots do when they go to Torremolinos, don't they? They lick their flip-flops and uh, they spend two days puking and then they just feel incredibly um, thin for the rest of the holiday. Is that true? I think so, I've yeah. never heard of Licking that. Licking your flip-flop, that's the thing that people do. I've never heard of that. We demented people, but um, yeah. But other than that, your beans are sweet? They're sweet yeah, and they're relatively sweet, yeah. Good, yeah, I'm yeah, pleased yeah, to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, I was thinking when we were talking about baked beans last week, mm. I was thinking about, I do like baked beans. I'm a big fan of them. I'm right. a beansman. You're beansman. But the other beans... I'm kind of ambivalent about 
So your kidney bean, I'll take that in a chili, but nothing else. I can't think of a place for a, chili, a kidney bean anywhere else. I, I can't take. I can't think of a single place for butter beans. Remember butter beans yeah. were big in the eighties. Well, I'll tell you what butter beans are all for. Butter beans are actually now exclusively used to make stews that no one else eats on TV cooking programs. Right, okay. So, butter beans. Yeah, cassoulet bean stew, all that kind of crap. Butter right. beans, your, um, your cassoulet beans. Test, your... Tasteless, and they look bad. And they give you pumps. And they give you pumps. I yeah. imagine they're very healthy, but... Ugh. Pulses. We, we just, it just seems to be like that we're calming food down a bit like lately. We're sort of going, right, I can't buy for love nor money a can of full-fat cork in the supermarket. It's all really? bloody, It's all sugar-free yes mulch and everything's kind of calming down everything's got to be protein filled everything's got to be inert effectively and taste like absolute shite because of the sugar tax and stuff so yeah yeah, um i just think bean like butter beans are our future and we just got to get used to it they're probably really easy to farm do you remember the box of butter bean i do yeah Yeah. um he got he knocked out bart gun he also who we we spoke about on monday weirdly that's weird because he did a bit of wrestling as well did he he could, yeah, he was he was in WWE for a while. So so they had this kind of like a legitimate shoot boxing uh, match uh, tournament, right? Uh, in WWE, it was Vince McMahon's idea. So that actually, and, it was a proper boxing. So, match. Yeah, so they got tournament. all of these. Uh, so they got all what, of these. Got to fight Butterbean. Well, so terrible draw. So they got all of like the, the these um, these um, uh, wrestlers to actually you know legitimately have a boxing match. I forget what it was called. Um, King of the no, it wasn't King of the Ring. It was something like that. Anyway, uh, and they legitimately fight each other. So like, you had people like Mark Merrow uh, and like doing quite well. Uh, but the, the the people that he'd Vince McMahon had brought into the organisation to win this legitimate boxing tournament, yeah, they fell at the hurdle or they got injured or they they couldn't oh, go through or whatever. Right. But weirdly, Bart Gunn, and I think it was Bart Gunn rather than the other gun, uh, he Brian was, Gunn. he was he was <laughs> Brian Kidd. He was <laughs> uh, he was legitimately quite hard, and so he knocked everyone out. He just right. absolutely sparked everyone out. But but he was the most unloved wrestler on the on the roster, and Vince McMahon didn't want to give him a push. So to punish him. In the main uh, event of in one of the events at WrestleMania, I don't know, twelve or something, uh, he got a legitimate boxer, Butterbean, to knock him spark out, and he does knock him spark that out. That is outrageous as punishment. Vince. That's Terrible. outrageous punishment. Not not one of the. It's probably not even in the top one hundred outrageous things that man's done. Which tells you a lot. Which tells you a lot. But Butterbean's a funny. Didn't he? Do, wasn't he in Jackass and he knocked uh, Johnny Knoxville out? I mean, I have to say, like, I, I imagine Jackass as a concept has aged terribly, and I've not watched it. No, for a it's while. still good. Right, okay. still good. It's back. Is it problematic now, though? I mean, some of it probably is, but everything on MTV back then was, to be honest. Yeah, and Johnny Knoxville volunteers to go into. So I think it's some kind of sports shop, isn't it? Yeah. And Butterbean's in there. <laughs> and Butterbean, for those who aren't knowing about boxing, you would, if you, even if you know a little bit about boxing, you may not have heard of him because he was like this super heavy. Fat guy, big fat, fat guy. Yeah, so he's, he's build, good at boxing. His build weight was three hundred and seventy-eight pounds. What's that in stones? Twenty-seven stone. That's not twenty-seven. It is. Stone. It's twenty-seven stone. It? Exactly. Jesus yeah. Christ! Uh, one hundred and seventy-one kilos. Uh, and so, <laughs> is he that heavy? He doesn't look that big. But so what he would do is just labour around his um is the ring. He used, yeah. he used to call himself the king of the four rounders, right? So yeah. he couldn't really have he didn't have the gun, he didn't have the fuel to to go longer than that. Mm. Um. And he and he and Joey Knoxville squares up to him, and and Butterbean gives him some digs, and it looks horrific. <laughs> it just looks horrific. <laughs> so I mean, the reason that Butterbean never really did anything in a big, in a big level is because super heavyweight's not really a kind of properly acknowledged, um, you know, what's it called, weight category. Oh, what? So you have to. So super heavyweight is not really a thing. So heavy, all the heavyweights are your Joshuas and stuff. They're yeah, because like proper because legitimate. there's because there's no top end on heavyweight. So right, you know, you know, so you could be a big. You, fan. So he could still fight heavyweight. 
There's right. no upper limit. Ah, uh, okay. It's not the other weight categories where you have to, if you're over a certain weight, you go to the next one. I see, right. Apart okay. from an amateur boxer, with super heavyweight, it is a different thing. Right. Because Anthony Joshua, um, I think he won gold at the Olympics in super heavyweight. Super heavyweight. But he's a heavyweight right. now. Okay. So, so Butterbean, um, I, I mean, he's still alive, Butterbean. He's still knocking about. Yeah. I mean, he's a big old unit. <laughs> but on the, on the, on the uh, jackass thing, because we talked about Steve-O. Haven't you, haven't you worked with Steve-O a couple of times? No, he, he came in for an interview and he, uh, his bag was filled with Monster Munch and Red Bull. That's right, okay. He was, well, he was on a big on come brand. down. Just, look, he's on and, brand. You, and you thought, game recognises game now. <laughs> <laughs> because that is you. You were fucking smashing the Red Bull yesterday. Uh, anyway, so um, Knoxville does the, the butter bean thing. He also, doesn't he get into a cage with a bear? Mm, which is absolutely right. astonishing. Yeah. Well, one of them does. One right. of them gets into a cage with a bear. And I, and I get the impression that it, I think it probably was Knoxville because his thing in Jackass, well, he was obviously the handsome one, but he was also had no skills, did he? Yeah. So he okay, had to right. be more he kind of daring. Yeah, 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 he couldn't yeah, do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, incredible incredible time, wasn't it, the old Jackass I'd, time? I, look, I think it stands up. I think it was good. Um, I, again, yeah, probably problematic. But I, looking back, I don't think there was a huge amount wrong. You know, yeah, ever ever it was, yourself, quite it was an equal opportunities employer. You had, you know, you had um, people with um, uh, people with limited stature. You had, you had big fat guys. It was yeah. brilliant. That's all the come main one, groups. Come on, come on, all white. That's all the main group. <laughs> all very white. <laughs> Small fellas and big fat fellas. <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. just thinking of wrestling, really. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was an incredible time. I remember used to be really. Into, I used to be really into Jackass back in the day. It was like, and I think probably there because I think we mentioned this before, but very very quickly. Wasn't wasn't the MTV used to do a disclaimer before every episode? Don't send us in your tapes. We are going to watch them. They are going to fucking yeah, watch. Yeah, Sanchez fucking, came out, didn't they? Watch the Welsh, those yeah. Welsh guys came out, <laughs> and uh, they had done it. It turned out they had done exactly that. Sent in a tape. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Pete Dawson. Never mind. What else is new? What's going on? Um, not a lot, really. <laughs> it's uh, we're recording this on a different day than what we usually record. Yeah. So usually you get a kind of prezi of my entire weekend. Uh, but but th- this time around we're in, we're recording in the middle of the week, which is quite interesting. Isn't it? I, so I we, to, um, we're kind of I'm I'm just kind of between podcasts. It seems I want to talk about an escaped cow. What an escaped cow in Brazil, right? Um, that went viral because um, it escaped a, a slaughterhouse. Mm. Um, and you think okay, that's fairly interesting, and it was perhaps part of a a stampede, um, and a load of cows bolted out of some kind of open gate and legged it. And that's kind of a nice thing because although everyone likes to eat steaks, mm. everyone likes to likes the idea of a, a Disney type story where a load of animals escape a, an abattoir. But the great thing about this particular cow was that uh, it took sanctuary in a neighbouring water park. Oh, and that included, and I don't really know why, and I can't get to the bottom of this, or maybe some of our listeners can help us. It it took a ride down the water slide. It got there. We go. It doesn't sound like it's having the best time, Luke. No, I don't know why that's funny, but it universally is. Yeah. How did it get to the top of the water slide? I don't know. I, th- I think I think the water slide might have to be recessed. And the water right. slide ground kind of... level. That's the only way I can think of it. I've yeah. thought about this a lot. And crucially, the, the, I said I'm not sure why that's funny, but it is. Part of the reason it's funny is because that's exactly how you'd imagine a cow in the water slide to sound. Yes. And second, there's no water on that slide, so it sounds very dry. Uh, Santa's on the roof. Yeah, on the roof. it does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? It does sound a bit like that. And I just thought to myself, you know what? That's that's exactly how a cow going down a water slide would, would sound. sound like, yeah. Uh, I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying that that's happened. <laughs> uh, the water slide seems to be abandoned. The water park seems to be abandoned. 
which... Always spooky. Yeah. Why is that? I was going to say exactly that. Why is that? Because, like, I, I guess... I, I think what... Like, because there's these massive constructions that are just built for fun and people yeah. and crowds. And when they're empty, it's there's just kind of like an absent... It, it's it's like an apocalypse has, has taken place. Um, yeah. Chris Broad, who, who does uh, Broad Japan, he went to a, an abandoned kind of Pripyat-level... You know that kind of um, that carnival kind of um, yeah. you know that uh, we used to call them the shores when we were kids. Yeah. Um, the shores, all abandoned and stuff, with everything you know, nature taking over. It happens There's in a few of those in Japan Olympic quite a lot. as well, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Everything just starts to grow through. Yeah, life finds a way and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, when I spooky. Went to, I was um, I was up in the Lake District um, a couple of months ago and mm. went for this walk. I ended up in the town of, I can't remember what it's called now, maybe Grange Over Sands, one of those types of towns. Mm. And there's an abandoned Lido right next to the pier. So it's what, just empty? How, yeah. how does so how do Lidos, I thought Lidos were like an actual body of water. I thought it was... Well, no, well, so, I mean, I don't, I don't fully know, but so Brockwell Park Lido, which is my local Lido, mm. is basically just an outdoor swimming pool. Right, so it's not a, so it's not like a... I think some of them are traditionally filled with seawater right. next to the sea. Right. And they're almost like a, a, a kind of salt water next to the sea swimming pool. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not really sure. But mm. anyway, it's called the Lido anyway. Mm. Um, it's basically just an outdoor swimming pool. Which ah. to, I'll come, to be honest, I can't really imagine getting an awful lot of use even when it was open back in the day because it's in the Lake District, which is the rainiest place in the world. Anyway, it's boarded up. I think they're going to develop it, but they haven't done it yet. And you, but you can look through the um, the slats, yeah, and it's completely green, covered in moss, and it's got a really weirdly sinister air of like faded seaside glamour about it. <laughs> where you think, if I was walking along here on my own at night, this would be awful. Yeah. This is basically like an episode of Resident Evil. Yes, 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 yes. You know when, I mean? I, when I went to um, Cluj, uh, when I went to Cluj in Romania, there was an abandoned Soviet uh, swimming pool, outdoor swimming pool, uh, mm. with the with the high diving boards and stuff. And you could you climb up if you wanted to. Uh, don't jump You do, yeah, you do. So there was an abandoned. There was also an abandoned um, Soviet um, film archive. It was just this big, this big um, room. You know, it's about the size of a gymnasium, filled, filled with um, rolls and rolls of uh, of tape, like movie tape. You know, learn, huh. you know. What um, you just went in there? Tape. Yeah. Well, that was what was on the in the guidebook. This is just this house where there's just loads of like. It was all porno. <laughs> well, it was. We turned up there. We saw it. We went to go in. But there were just some absolute wrongens, uh, just kind of guarding the entrance with uh, a, a big uh, barrel on fire uh, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a nasty dog. Really? <laughs> so we went. Pro- I'll probably probably skip that to be honest. You we're on the outskirts of town. You could have charmed your I could, way. In I, could, there. I could have um, fitted in. I think. Help yourself with a couple of reels. <laughs> see what well, it I didn't was. see any reels. I was just a bit. We were just a bit absolutely wee weed out ourselves and run off. Speaking of um, the old um, the old 10 metre diving board, mm. I went to, a friend of mine lives in Geneva. It sounds like a rhyming slang for a wife. It does, doesn't it? The old 10 metre diving board inside. <laughs> we, we went to uh, Geneva to visit our friend, mm. um, a few of us. Mm. And um, in Lake Geneva, they, they block some of the bits off and they have it like an outdoor swimming pool. So right. basically it's like they put like, um, you, know those, you know those nets you get on Australian beaches for sharks? Yes. They have those in Lake Geneva. And they, and it's kind of this is a sectioned off bit of swimming so people can swim mm. outdoor kind of leisure type thing and they had a ten meter diving board, um, there mm. and um, we climbed up to the top of it and I have to say, I'm, I'm I consider myself to be a strong swimmer and I go swimming fairly regularly and I'm all right at it I can yeah. I can you know I can knock out backstroke front stroke front stroke famously front stroke. I'm a famous front stroker yeah <laughs> um, 
I swim like your dog when you hold him over the sea. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when you get up to the top, it is quite fucking frightening. Mm. To even jump off feet first is frightening. Yes. I don't know how you do Yeah, I don't know how you face that and go, yeah, I need to be, I need to be hurtling towards the ground yeah. as quickly as possible. Because your brain tells you... That's that, going to hurt. Your brain doesn't say, oh, that's okay because it's not land, it's water. Mm. It just says you're fucking high here and your evolutionary instincts kick in and you go, if you jump off here, you're going to fucking really hurt yourself and you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> right? And I think when people train to dive off the old 10 metre, mm. you know they bubble the water up. So right. if you get it wrong, it doesn't, it's not as heavy an impact. Oh, interesting. So, right. so part of the training of diving from a 10 metre diving board is they'll, it'll be like a jacuzzi jet. Does that actually work? <laughs> yeah, because it breaks the surface. Right. The surface... It, is the thing that does all the damage. Well, if you slap onto the surface with your yeah. back from 10 metres, mm. it's fucking bad news. Yeah. You don't hurt yourself. Yeah. If it's bubbling under, it's a softer landing. Interesting. Did ah, you not know that? I didn't know that. No, that's Now you're making me think I've made it up, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I haven't. I'm pretty sure that is what they do. So would, would, you, would you be comfortable jumping off a 10 metre? I think harder done, for you because you're shorter as well. Uh, yeah, I think I've done ten. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't. I be. Are you uh, be less, the ground? There'd be there'd be less terminal. Uh, the terminal velocity would not be reached. You might depend on the weight. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I, I. I've. I think I've done ten. I've not done any higher than that. But yeah, I don't you're think there right. is any higher than that. Is there? Oh, is ten the top one? Yeah. Oh, what's the middle one then? Five. Yeah, I've done five. <laughs> if that. Ten, there's no higher than ten. Wait, is, well, are there any diving boards in London? Well, I wouldn't mind doing it. They're probably it. Yeah, I've I done mean, a bungee jump since I since I washed out on it. It's a global capital. I'm sure. There's a, I'm sure there's a diving board to be found somewhere. <laughs> but you know what? I'm actually wrong because that Red Bull diving competition, right? Oh, they that do one it from really high off cliffs, don't they? But they go feet first. What's the one where there's? It's like a. It's like a. It looks like a kind of municipal pool, like a small body of water. And then you've got the ladder that goes up for miles, yeah. miles and miles and miles and That's miles. A Disney film. It's not it's a Disney film. It's Dumbo, isn't it? It's yeah. Dumbo. <laughs> no, it's definitely because that's how he starts to fly. But it's, it's that circus kind of attraction where you where the, the ladder is like literally like two hundred feet high, and they jump down and they land. Yeah, in this no very one does small... this in real life. They do, do they it in real life. Two hundred meters. How are they putting it up there? Two hundred. How meters. are they getting it up there? What do you mean? How, they're a travelling circus. Diving. How have they brought that? Yeah, <laughs> extent right. World's highest shallow dive. What is that? Well, Guinness World Record's 60th anniversary. Professor Splash uh, takes... Oh, that right. can't be his real name. That's it's, a coincidence. It's 37 feet, all right, into just 12 inches of water. He executes the highest shallow dive from 11.56 metres, uh, 37 foot 11 inches, into just 12 inches just, of water. That's like that? Yeah, tiny. That's, I don't think he's well. I don't even know if that's he's, possible. He I looks look quite at old. This. I'm bringing the mic with me. He looks quite old. Look at him. Oh, my God, it's just a paddling pool. It's, it's just yeah, it's a paddling got, pool. Fuck, it's got a, He's um, dead. He's dead. It's got an inflatable uh, bouncy castle under it. No, it's not. Well, yeah, it has. It has. Yeah, but still, you still just. It's still like not great, is it? Look at it. Yeah, but hit. he's got a bouncy castle under him. Let's hear the noise. Yeah. The crowd falls silent. Professor an old Splash. man, Professor Splash. PhD. About seventy. Oh. What was that sound just before he landed? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to hear from our listeners and how, yeah. how high they've jumped into a body of water. <laughs> I would like them to do it on our behalf. Yeah. But if it's something that's happened in their past, I'd like to know about Highest it. Highest ladder dive. Because yeah. I guess I guess unless you're James Bond, it's not something that comes up that often really, is it? But uh, no, and you're not, and, you, and he's usually doing it into uh, off, off the side of a dam. But like the highest dive, Swiss diver of Brazilian uh, descent, Lazaro Lasso Schaller, in 2015, dived from 58.8 meters, Blow, higher yeah. than the Tower of Pisa. 
exceeding a speed of 120 kilometers uh, per hour at his entry into the water. Wow. Bloody hell. That is full on. That is tall. I was reading a book um, this weekend mm. um, called The Education of Corporal John Musgrave. Very interesting guy. Mm. Uh, he was... Um... Sorry. Fucking hell. I was just showing you the, the really high dive that the man did. Look how high that is. How have they even got that structure like that? What do you mean? Like, it's a really well, weird just be structure. Ro- well, just, uh, there'd probably be um, a sort of ropes that are uh, ropes or wires. I mean, look, this is the 80s. Nice pants. He looks, he looks like... Uh, who's the man who always gets angry at Paul Pogba? He looks like Graham Sooness. He looks like Graham Sooness. Look, look at that. Look how high it is. That's making my palms go sweaty. <laughs> oh, look, he's got a bit of bubbling going on. So I they, told you, so he would have. Uh, yeah. He would have. An astonishing feat. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so Rick Winners. Um, Corporal John Musgrave mm. was a Marine in the Vietnam War. Yeah. And the reason he is, he had a really bad injury in the Vietnam War. He survived it. And then he joined the anti-Vietnam War movement. Yes. Right? And so a lot of veterans did. It was kind of a big deal. It was one of the tipping points of why the Vietnam War, um, uh, well, America stopped being present in the Vietnam War because the veterans joined the movement against it. Mm. Anyway, that's the build up. In the book, he talks about how the Marines were taught how to stay alive floating in water for like days at a time by like hanging in the water like that with their face down and then using so little energy that every kind of 10 seconds they lift their face up and breathe and go back down again. And apparently right. you can survive for absolutely ages doing that. Oh, right. I like just kind of like just relaxed, kind of just... So you can face down the water. Yeah. And every 10 seconds, lift, turn your head to one side. Take a breath, go back again, and just do that for as long as you can. You don't uh, use like, any energy doing it, yeah, and it relaxes you and all the rest of it. So you just, but you would presumably have to keep a lot of air in your lungs because you're not flapping about, are you? Because I'm yeah. not naturally buoyant, see. No, you, everyone is. People say that everyone is. Sarah uh, is very buoyant. She just sits there. She just lies there and she just floats. She doesn't have yeah. to worry about um, exhaling or inhaling. I have to inhale. If I'm in the sea, yeah, and it's salty. I can float it's like because you don't ages. commit to anything. That's why <laughs> you don't. I don't trust it. I don't exactly. Trust the you, of got, water. you got. You got. It's like the Matrix. You're Neo in the Matrix. You've got to believe. <laughs> You've got to believe. Some of the rules can be bent. Some of them can be broken. Pete. You've got to believe <laughs> yeah. it. All right, let's go and float for a bit. Yeah. and come back. And when we come back, we'll do some emails from our lovely listeners. And I, I did promise everyone last week we'd do one about Harry Styles. We're going to open with that one straight after this. Okie dokie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories of women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. 
and what it's really like being a player in women's football today. From my own experiences of, of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production. Welcome back to the Luke and Pete Show. I am pleased to announce that we are finally going to be reading out an email about Harry Styles from One Direction. Oh, he likes... Does he get oral sex to watermelons or something? I can't remember what it is. Where's that come from? Watermelon sweet. What was the watermelon salt? Watermelon sugar. Sugar. That was to oral sex, apparently. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, I, don't, I do quite like the way he, um, he presents himself. Right, okay. What, subverts the idea of yeah, masculinity? I think so. I think it's quite yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Um, anyway, this is not a complimentary email about him, so I mean, to, to, to <laughs> address ends. the balance. Sorry, Harry, turn um, off now. Uh, this is from Nate from Bournemouth. Hello to you, Nate. He says, on Monday's episode, mm. you briefly... <laughs> I love the way some of our listeners are like, right, I don't want you to read my name out because I once stole a post-it note from my job in 1994. <laughs> yeah, and some people are like, here's a great email about one of the world's most famous men. I was there. My name is Nate. <laughs> um, so Nate says, on Monday's episode, you briefly discussed Harry Styles' cameo in mm. the Eternals film. Um, and how he wasn't necessarily suitable for film. Well, he's going to be in a lot more Marvel movie uh, acetate if we're to be uh, to be believed, because right. he's going to play a main role in the uh, next generation of Marvel movies. So Would we'll wait... it be fair to say that Marvel movies are not the pinnacle of acting? So he probably finds it quite comfortable. But they are big. Yeah. I mean, it's true. like, if you're going to fail, you're going to fail in quite yeah, a big way. You could just be silly, though, can't you? Nobody's going to go, stop being so bloody silly. I don't think it's as easy as that. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Um, and uh, anyway, so so yeah, I'll let Nate pick up the story. He says, I'm here to back up the claim mm. that he isn't great on camera. As a student in the sleepy coastal town of Weymouth, lovely part of the world, oh. um, you can imagine our surprise and excitement when the news broke that Christopher Nolan had decided to film some scenes of Dunkirk, the movie Dunkirk, in our humble quayside and nearby town of Swanage. We were even more shocked to learn that the production company had come to our college on the lookout for people to play the role of extras, presumably because hiring a bunch of 18-year-olds was cheaper than real actors. Uh, naturally, of course, me and my mates all applied. And several awkward photos and measurements later, I got given the news that I'd chose, been chosen to be a soldier. Oh, hello. Great stuff. This is dream scenario. <laughs> Fast forward to the day of filming, donning our itchy woolen uniforms and standing in front of one of the assistant directors. A group of about 15 of us were singled out and named Alpha Team. We were all taken aside and got told that we had been chosen to be around the main talent of the movie, Harry Styles and Killian Murphy. My young mind was blown apart to be so close to such famous people. This was quickly, quickly shattered, however, as Killian pointedly blanked all of us peasants and Harry sadly seemed incapable of delivering his lines. It's his first role. I feel sympathetic here. Yeah. There's a scene at the end of the film, apparently, where we're in a train and Harry had, asked, had to ask a paperboy where we were as it pulls into the station. In the film, this scene lasts roughly 15 seconds. This took close to eight hours to film as Harry either messed up his lines or said them in a way that displeased Christopher Nolan. <laughs> what was the question he had to ask? Um, he has to say, um, ask a paper boy where, what station they're pulling into. Oh, what station are you pulling into, little boy? <laughs> Take it down a bit, Harry. Yeah, okay, yeah. What station are you no one can hear you, Harry. Harry, yeah, Harry. Yeah. What station is this, please? <laughs> um, this meant the old steam train that we were on had to keep reversing about half a mile back so it could then pull up 
to the next to the paper boy again for Harry to stumble over his words. Acting chops aside, Harry was a really down-to-earth and nice bloke who happily chatted to us lads through the whole four days filming and in fairness seemed almost as nervous as the rest of us about the whole situation. I hope this has shed some light. <laughs> this is the thing. Nate does, does take a bit more of a sympathetic turn in this email yeah. before slapping it back again by going, I hope this has shed some light on why we shouldn't hire pop stars as actors. <laughs> All the best, Nate from Bournemouth. So I have some sympathy for Harry here because if you can imagine the whole production around him, it's yeah. his first film role. He's in a quite a difficult situation anyway because everyone knows who he is. Yeah, and everyone and- expects more from him than he can actually deliver. Yeah, and I think Christopher Nolan. Where's the station? What station? Christopher Nolan's also a noted. Ekiwadoka Desuka. That's Japanese. Is it? You said it again. Ekiwadoka Desuka. What's that? Where's the station? Where's the station? Where's the train station? Where is this train station? Very good. Cheers, mate. It's Harry Styles. Could have stepped in. And Nolan's Nolan's known for like his high demands, right? Yeah. He's like an auteur, isn't he? He makes these crazy movies. He's probably well. He's probably sort of the uh, he's probably obsessed with like sound design. It means he's got to really shout his lines to get over the weird mixing that he's chosen. Dunkirk was weird for that. There's hardly any dialogue in it. Mm. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I like it when Tom Hardy's got his little plane and it runs out of petrol. Goes, of petrol. It's the land of the beach. He only lands on it, and it's just really very sort of still, and you just hear the wind on the wings. I love the idea. Yeah, it's nice. It's really well done. And then he blows it up with a grenade. I love, spoiler in it. The film only came out six years ago. What Tom Tom Hardy <laughs> blowing up his own plane with a grenade? I like I like the idea of me escaping from some kind of situation by getting in a little plane and being able to fly it and then landing it on a beach somewhere. That sounds like it'd be quite cool. And then like shooting uh, shooting the enemies with a gun. <laughs> yeah, and then just just I, well, I wouldn't land on the beach. In, I just in a I just fly it into a sea. The sea. <laughs> and I'd float face down for it. <laughs> I could do this for years, honestly. Yeah. Oh my days. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, that's about it for us for another Luke and Pete show. We'll be back on Thursday for more fun games, hand grenades, and planes up in the sky. And Pete on Thursday is going to review the whole entirety of the new Adele album yep. while eating as many baked beans as he can. Certainly am. It's so, a, for children in need. Look forward to that. <laughs> uh, we'll be back uh, soon. Give us an email. Hello at lukepeachshow.com. See, See you soon. Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.